Welcome to the Connection Project Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Olson. In my search for personal truth and a deep desire to allow more joy into my life experience, I discovered the power of connection. Join me as I interview incredible guests and learn of their amazing journeys to personal well-being. Hi, and welcome to the Connection Project podcast. It's a beautiful day here, and I'm so excited to invite a guest who I am just meeting now officially. His name is Joey House, and he is a former U.S. Marine Sergeant. He is a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He works for the Evolving Out Loud team and uh, is a certified Wim Hof Method Instructor. And I recently reached out to him after having done a free breathwork class with him. And it was extremely impactful for me. And uh, I just wanted to reach out and learn more about the work that he does. And so welcome today, Joey. Thanks for having me, Emily. Yeah, happy to be here. So awesome. And you're in Kauai? Kauai, that's correct. Yeah. Oh, lucky, lucky person. (laughs) (laughs) I have no complaints at the moment. Yeah. So this podcast that I've been running for a while now is just learning all the ways that we can explore well-being. And so I'm intrigued to learn more about breathwork from you. And having done just that that one small session with you was quite surprising for me. My husband and I did it and we both had some really interesting experiences. And so I'm intrigued to learn more. I know you offer ongoing, very affordable monthly uh, subscriptions to be part of uh, an ongoing work. But tell me, what brought you to breathwork? Yeah, uh, so I guess my breathwork journey starts uh, within Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I feel like my whole life I've been a little bit personal development uh, oriented between wrestling, the Marines, Jiu-Jitsu. But really in Jiu-Jitsu, we had a gentleman by the name of Hickson Gracie came and did a seminar at the academy that I train at. And Hickson Gracie, like to say that he's the Michael Jordan of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is an understatement. Like realistically, he really is kind of more like the Jesus of Jiu-Jitsu and that he's had hundreds of matches undefeated, undefeated in his mixed martial arts career. And just like, so he came in, taught us some really cool jujitsu techniques, but then at the end of it, he really got into breathing. He really went to the importance of breathing and talked about breathing being the second most important thing he's learned in his life outside of jujitsu. And then he started talking about a gentleman he learned under by the name of Orlando Connie. Orlando Connie created, it was kind of like a form of yoga out in Brazil at the time it was called Gymnastica Natural, which later changed the, the name to Biogynastica. Uh, and so I remember he was talking a lot about that. And I remember my head thinking, wow, like I'd really love to learn from this Orlando Connie guy. And fast forward literally like two weeks, uh, I get a call from a friend from uh, who was like a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu instructor who said, hey, I have a friend from Rio de Janeiro coming to live in uh, America. He's going to need a place to stay while we get things situated. And then mentions that he's the head instructor of the Orlando Connie Institute in Rio de Janeiro. So immediately, like, oh, he can come and stay with us. 
And so the guy, like he lived with us for six months, rent free, uh, named Marcelo Barros, amazing yoga instructor. Uh, and he basically like every morning we'd get up really early and he'd go over all these really like cool, like breathwork techniques, uh, went way into like the breathing, just basic breathing mechanics, a thing at the time, like you don't really think about until you start learning how to use these different breathing muscles, these things that are always there and like really just seeing, oh, wow. Like I didn't know I can breathe in this way. How could I have missed this, this whole time? And so like, just for fun, also during winters, we would uh, jump into my pool and uh, like, this was like, just like Los Angeles. So the pools, even though it's Los Angeles, the pools do get like pretty cold in winter, probably around like the 50 to 60 degree mark. And we just see how long we can stay in there using our breathing and things like that. And then a little bit like later, like he actually showed us this documentary and it was on uh, Wim Hof and how he was kind of bringing uh, like these kind of these, like talking about these things, like what the human body is capable of through things like breath work. Um, he's like caught, had all these world records and then like was showing that he was bringing these things to science where you make these claims and use his own body kind of like a test subject. And it was just like the results were amazing to see what he was able to do, especially in this Vice documentary uh, on the Wim Hof method and on Wim Hof. And so I remember just being really intrigued by that as well. And then it's kind of uh, just really started following this breathwork path of looking for other people, teaching various forms of breathwork uh, until finally becoming a Wim Hof method instructor. Uh, but yeah, and, I, and then I also saw Wim Hof at, uh, it was a Tony Robbins event at uh, Unleash the Power Within. Awesome. Uh, took us all through the breath work. I remember like at the event, I was already feeling really good, right? You're at a Tony Robbins event. Uh, the energy's already really high. But Wim took us all, all 15,000 of us through uh, like the breath work. And I remember being able to hold my breath pretty effortlessly for two minutes uh, and also while doing it, just still feeling really great as well. Uh, so I remember thinking, okay, I definitely want to try even more of this. Was intrigued by the ice bath element of everything. Uh, and so, yeah, like that's kind of what started that journey. But it all started kind of at that uh, with Hicks and Gracie teaching that jujitsu seminar. Wow. And, and here you are, you know, a motivational uh, speaker and you, you teach these workshops, you teach the breath work. I love that. It was so interesting. The, the first round of some of the breath work that you did in the online, I guess, sort of webinar workshop thing that I took part in, I loved how you set us up to, to know what to expect on one level. And then there were always these little surprises, right? Yeah. One of the interesting things that happened for me was all of a sudden, this one section that you did, I was keenly aware of where all the pain was in my body. And it was almost like, okay, I'm here and I'm here and I'm here and I'm here. Oh, and instead of trying to fight it or thinking that there was something wrong with that, it was really interesting to go, oh, isn't it interesting that through breath, I am becoming aware of the sense of maybe an emotional attachment to some piece of pain in my body or the thoughts around how I feel about that pain. If it's like a chronic one that you kind of try to suppress, right? Yeah. So what are, what are your, uh, what connections to thought and emotion 
do you think come through breath? For sure. Well, what's interesting is the other day, because like I'm here in Kauai staying with a friend and just like, you know, uh, his seven-year-old daughter of me and him having a conversation and she, you know, being a seven-year-old little girl. And so I was like, all right, like, you know, like I'm gonna show you how to meditate, like, right. Kind of creating a fun activity. And I remember she's like, I don't want to meditate. I have too much energy. I would just try Let's just do like three minutes. And so like, she sits on the couch, closes her eyes and I can tell immediately, like, while she's like, that she's going through a hard time at certain points, because through breath, right, she's meditating, and all of a sudden I just see in her whole body, like, just that is coming up, and then like a big letting go. And so I feel like just whatever innate thing is already in us, that when we're feeling a certain way, we know that breathing a certain way can kind of help really mitigate some of those things. And there are like real ties with our breathing to like our uh, nervous system state that if you're taking these short, shallow breaths, you're probably going to be in the parasympathetic, I'm sorry, the sympathetic nervous system state. Um, and by taking these deeper, longer breaths, you can get yourself into that parasympathetic, more rest and digest place. And so like, like in the workshops, that's what we do. Like, right. We put people in ice baths and while you're in the ice bath, you have to use your breathing to start bringing yourself into that more calm parasympathetic nervous system state. And I feel it's while we're in that parasympathetic nervous system state that we're more able to kind of digest the things that are like actually going on in our lives. We're more able to kind of focus on that because when you're in your sympathetic state, that fight or flight state, we're really not focusing on anything deeper besides what it is we're focusing on. When you're kind of in that stressed out state, really all you can see is what you're stressed out about and not take the time of, okay, this isn't really a huge deal. Like, what does this stress feel like? I feel I have a little pressure in my chest, in my belly. Like, you're not really taking the time to really just, like, you know, kind of label it for what it really is, as opposed to like making it bigger than it is. And also with the Wim Hof method breathing, because like they have shown, like they've done brain scans of Wim while he's doing it. And what they found is that the prefrontal cortex, like the like that area starts to light up less and less. And like the prefrontal cortex is like that's the human part of our brain, which is responsible for kind of future projection. I can see what's going to go on tomorrow or next week, next month, can make a plan and kind of have it go as much the way I want it to. But it is also the part that gives us a lot of stress because we're like, oh, later today, I got to send out those emails or I got to make that call. I got to do that thing. And so we see it while that kind of lights up less and less, the more reptilian and mammalian parts of our brain start to light up more and more. So we start to become more grounded and present with what's going on. So those little things that are like maybe those little pains that we always have, but are very good at really not looking at because we're maybe our focus is on something else where when you're a in that more parasympathetic nervous system state as well as kind of getting the energy out of that prefrontal cortex region of our brain just for a little bit uh it's like you know it allows us to recognize more and more of what's going on within the body just because like our focus can be just on ourselves in our body with what's going on without having to label it as this, that, or the other. I'm stressed because of this. I'm stressed because of that. It's, oh, I have pressure here in my stomach, in my chest, in my forehead, wherever it may be. Uh, so you kind of can look at it differently. And I do feel like the breath is kind of 
the portal into that being able to relax, being able to kind of change that brain chemistry. Uh, so yeah, like the breathing really helps, uh, you know, take the focus out of the unimportant and puts it more on what's really going on. Yeah. Wow, that's really great insight and so interesting. What went on further in that breathwork course that you did was um, some visualization paired with the breathwork. Tell me about that. So yeah, like I just feel that it just, cause you know, once again, as I mentioned, like doing the Tony Robbins events and things like that, uh, kind of getting guided meditations and recognizing though that you can try to just like, hey, like, let me give you a guided meditation. And if you're dealing with the day and everything like that, you're still focused on all these other things. Where I feel with the breath work, it kind of allows a blank slate to happen. You're now not thinking about all these other things. And so one of the meditations that I incorporate in the workshop, um, I did steal from Tony Robbins, because uh, it, it's just like a really effective using your whole body to bring uh, those moments in. And then the other one I have actually come, it was just like the gratitude exercise. Love it, yeah. It uh, really came from, it was actually an interesting like ayahuasca experience where it was like the second time I did it and I felt like whatever entity was there was kind of playing with me where like I, it gave me so much like gratitude where I'm like, oh, this must be what enlightenment is kind of thing. And I remember it was just like the while I was like, you know, on the medicine. It's almost like that other higher version of myself goes like, don't you get it? all you have to do is be grateful and you get to experience this all the time. Mm -hmm. Wow, like this is amazing. And it went great. And it almost like it dropped me into like the depths of despair and anxiety. And I was like, oh no, like what happened to that enlightenment that I just had? And like that higher voice said to me, like, don't you remember? All you got to do is be grateful and you can get back to that. So while I was in there, I'm like, well, like, I guess I'm grateful for this. I guess I'm grateful for that. And then because, and then I'm grateful for this and I'm grateful for this until all of a sudden I was back into that feeling of essentially what enlightenment or whatever it must be is. And I remember just being in that. I was like, oh, like I found it again. It's like, good. Don't you understand like that? Whenever, like, even if life isn't treating you the way you want it to, you can just find this gratitude and like this feeling is always available. I was like, oh, good, got it now. And went good. And it dropped me back into like the depths of despair and anxiety. <laughs> and then I, but it was just like, and then eventually I felt it was like a game, like Sisyphus bringing the stone up the hill, like repeatedly that it was like, cool. Like I, no matter how many times you drop me into this place, I can understand that bringing the gratitude in. And so like I've taken that experience and try to put it into like the exercise where I do have uh, people think about like small things they're grateful for, finding a challenge in their life that they're grateful for, like a challenge or a difficult moment, but maybe did it teach you patience or just having a deeper appreciation of things. And so I feel like with the breath work, it allows just all the extra thoughts to go away. You're already kind of in this receptive state. And so just with that, I find it just like a cool thing to do to kind of add on just like these gratitude exercises and looking at moments in your life, whether in the past or even in the future and kind of looking at them as in the past, uh, just kind of, you know, have people leave the breathwork workshop, not even just kind of like, oh, like that breathwork was nice and I feel good, but also with, uh, you know, maybe a deeper level of gratitude, appreciation for like things that they've done in the past and for their potential in the future. Well, you definitely achieved it. I was so uplifted and inspired. I actually 
had a really beautiful moment with my husband because I mean I'm not sure what your situation is but we've been at home a lot my husband's a politician so we were we were sort of at the tail end of going back to sort of regular society where he can go to a workplace but he he's been working from home since late February so relearning like something like a marriage during COVID has been so interesting right and it's been really beautiful and in that workshop when you asked for us to visualize this this piece where we were grateful for somebody or something. And I was like, we're having our own experience right now with our breath work and all of this, but I truly, truly, truly am grateful for this human being that I get to share this life with. And I just reached over and, and held his hand and it was like magic. Like it just felt, it, I could feel his energy and he could feel my gratitude for him. And it was like mm -hmm. healing, you know? Yeah. And I, I love that. And normally I wouldn't interfere in somebody else's process, but we were both just like lying there super comfortable and in this really great state. And gratitude is absolutely, I think, a life-changing thing in terms of like well-being. Yeah. What's some advice that you would give or maybe a personal experience for people uh, working through maybe mental health challenges, like not, not, a, not so much acute, but like lingering through this process of the unknown, like where are we headed? Where are we going? How can I be okay in my body right now? And how can I get out of that stress state of either the depression or like the, the acute anxiety that comes up within that idea that we don't know what's coming. For sure, yeah. That's a very um, loaded question. I apologize. I know, and I'll do my best to answer it. <laughs> yeah. um, like, because I feel just having any kind of like meditative or like reflective process, like in your day, I think that's a thing that we all have the capability of incorporating uh and it is easy to do but it's also very easy to not do like i know even myself i'm guilty of like i bring all these things into my life and then sometimes i fall short and uh i have goals of doing it for this amount of time every day for this amount of time and then all of a sudden like i like oh i haven't meditated in a week you know and so like it's still like that still happens and it's only because of me and I can make excuses that like, oh, like life is not, but at the end of the day, it's like, no, I just didn't make the time for it. Uh, and like, I, it shows in my life when I'm doing these things on a regular basis and I'm like, I'm on top of my meditation, my breath work, my physical exercise. For me, it's doing jujitsu and with COVID that has definitely been affected as well. Yeah. So it's like having some kind of, like meditative process that can also be a physical thing. Running could be a meditative process. As I said, like I love doing martial arts, swimming, whatever it is for you. Like there's so many things that can be done and it's easy to do none of them. And so to have just like something that maybe brings you a small amount of joy. So like having a thing that gives you a small amount of joy and then like an actual meditative reflective process that kind of helps you to re-digest the day, kind of re-giving yourself like the power to, um, the words I'm looking for, kind of like uh, finding like a new meaning for it. Like sometimes things happen to us throughout the day and we feel a certain way and just kind of taking a little bit of time going, okay, that, that person said that to me or treated me in that way because of what they're going through. It's not because of me. And like kind of really allowing yourself 
that process. And I really do feel, because like, I also do feel very blessed within my life and things I've found, mentors I've had, and also being in the family that I grew up in, all these different factors that I feel I've, I've gotten to play life on the easy mode uh, for a lot of it. But at the same time, I do recognize that we all encounter similar challenges just within this human experience of love and loss and just kind of dealing with the anxieties of what life throws at us. And so like within my spiritual practices of like meditation, reflection, breath work, having these small things that bring me joy, it is like within a recognition of things aren't always going to go my way. And like, you know, those small little bits of just like the meditation and re-examining things that happen within my life, I've been just super effective in like helping me, like, you know, I sometimes will feel the stress and then in taking those like moments of being like, okay, like, what does that really mean? And what's really going on here? Okay, I just, I have pressure on my chest and my stomach. And because at the end of the day, like most stress is, is just feeling in the body. Most of these things of gratitude, I find, is a, just a feeling in the body. It's like it's, you can put these things that you're grateful for into your mind, but it's how it just, like, you know, trickles down into the feeling in the body. And so a lot of times we just recognize, like, stress is just a feeling in the body. And if you can kind of recognize it as that, you can, like, it becomes a lot easier to not get as lost in, like, the thought stream that oftentimes comes with it. So as I said, just having that little bit of some kind of meditative or reflective process really just allows to just re-examine and just re like, okay, that's not really what happened. That was the meaning I gave that in the moment, mm -hmm. but like, that's not really what was going on there. And then like looking at it from the external all the way to the internal. And I do feel like the physical exercise of like breath work in general really gives kind of that boost because of, as I said, gets you out of that prefrontal cortex, changes your nervous system state. So it like physically does these various things. Uh, so yeah, like just finding some kind of practice, whatever, you know, suits your schedule, your capabilities, what you're interested in. But I feel we can all find something that maybe does help in that kind of stress process. Mm -hmm. I love that. So it was interesting you mentioned the family you were born into. I'm so intrigued by our ancestors on the other side that have come before us. And some of the things you've said today in our conversation uh, have, have led me to ask the question, what do you feel is part of your like contract with, with this life? Like what, what do you feel you've come here for? That's a good question. Um, yeah. Cause like, so within my life, like I look at like, you know, my parents, my family, and then just kind of my own interest, what, like, you know, what, what drives me. And I find that like, there is something to being a seeker that I've like found, like I'm always, I mentioned just like doing ayahuasca, I've been drawn to breath work, all sorts of other kind of wild, crazy things that sometimes the spiritual journey uh, can take us. And I've been down all these different paths. And just like within being a speaker, like speaker, uh, a seeker, uh, like, you know, we do find all sorts of really interesting things. And some of them, like, it's very difficult to bring back to like, like, I don't want to say like regular people, but maybe people that don't have that kind of 
seeker thing that they're just like, oh, like, like life is what we've been told all along. And I feel because like with my family, they're all like super amazing. Everyone's very intelligent and gifted and successful in their own ways. But as far as like that spiritual self, I feel I was the only one in my family with it. And it was always very difficult to explain certain things. And so I feel like with like finding the breath work, it was this like, just do the breathing, just do the breathing and you're going to have an experience. And so like, I feel like what my kind of like, you know, within the family that I was brought up in and just my own kind of inclinations of trying to bring maybe certain spiritual concepts and things like that and just bring it to everyday people that like weren't even maybe looking for it but uh, you know found it in that way and that's what's really been amazing about the Wim Hof method in particular because I feel like that having like a little bit of an ice bath component attached to it brings in people maybe looking for a kind of challenge and everything like that and really the hidden thing is the breath work they're like, oh we're gonna do breathing and it's like yeah like that's really gonna be the hot seminar <laughs> the ice bath kind of is a little bit secondary it's like that cool external thing of like oh like i've in, i've faced this challenge and i've done it it's like but the breath work gives people like a real uh sometimes like a spirit like a legitimate spiritual experience sometimes it is a very powerful just mental emotional thing of just kind of letting go of these thoughts and you just feel light and it's nice and you feel gratitude but people have had some wild spiritual experiences during it as well that also aren't kind of of the traditional world i'll give you like one of my favorite uh stories from one of a breathwork seminar i don't know how okay profanity is i'm not going to scream a bunch of things uh, you can allude. <laughs> okay. Um, so it was at a breathwork workshop. It was in New Jersey. And so like most of the guys there, it was at a jujitsu academy. Yeah. And most people there were men. Uh, and it was like kind of, they were brought by like, either their instructor or another friend kind of said, like, you wouldn't do an ice bath. Like, I would do an ice bath. And so it was kind of like that mentality. So I take them all through the breathwork. And after like, you know, we do the breath work in the workshop, I take it a little bit deeper than I do in the online things because I'm actually there and present. Um, and so like, I take it a little bit deeper and then afterwards I ask if anyone had any kind of experience that they want to share. And so one of the guys kind of like raises his hand. He like, I can tell he just went through something, raises his hand and he goes like, yeah, and total, total like almost stereotypical like New Jersey guy. <laughs> You know how people talk about how you have like an eyeball or something in the middle of your forehead? <laughs> people tattoos of eyeballs on their hands and on their feet. I just felt like all my effing eyeballs will lighten up. I was like, sir, like welcome to this beautiful And so like I I feel I love it. But there's so many things that exist that are kind of like the Wim Hof method that like that can be shared with just everyday people and they will undoubtedly have an experience versus where I also understand that while I'm on the spiritual journey, maybe I find things that I, I see work for me, but I would never reach like mainstream appeal, maybe because it's just either too out there or people already have their preconceived notions about certain things. Um, but like with breathing, it's like, oh yeah, you're just going to be breathing, but you're going to have an experience. And so like, that's what I want to do is be able to bring that kind of experience to maybe people that have no idea that that kind of experience exists.
Wow. Yeah, it's it's transformational by nature. It's interesting. There's a, a retreat center near here called The Haven. I think maybe what I can, could compare it to in your world might be like the Hoffman Institute. Okay. We actually have one in Alberta here in Canada as well, but I know there's one down in the States. But the, um, the Haven, I went in September of 2014, and the program itself was like a week-long um, fully immersed like night and day you're eating together with this group and you're you sit in circle all day and um, the program is called come alive mm -hmm. and I had wanted to go and it, for a very long time and lots of family and friends had gone and they'd all come back and I would always be like what was it like and they would always just say oh you really just learn how to breathe and I I would always sort of scoff at it right mm -hmm. and then going through the process like uh, nobody in my family knew at the time but i when i left my house and drove to this retreat place um, and got on a ferry and went to this island i thought this is my opportunity to get off prozac and that's not the healthiest way to do it however i i left the antidepressants at home and and went up to this place and spent the most beautiful week with complete strangers and facilitators who had like communication models and it was like braiding sort of spiritual and uh you know psychology and and just all these beautiful things and you can get body work done while you're there like it was just my first really deep work since i had been like dealing with depression and it was the same for me like the the, the breathing that we practiced over and over again while we were there taught me how to become familiar with sensation in the body and understanding sort of you know what was going on for me not just conceptually but but physically and how i could better interpret it and better just work with it in a healthy way and so when i came back uh people were like how was it what happened what did you do and i was like well I learned how to breathe, <laughs> right? And and I always tell people about how great that place is. There is another element though, and I think coming to these circles, whether you're in an ayahuasca ceremony or whether you're doing transformational work in a coaching group or meditation, or there's that piece about either connection to yourself or the other people that are there. And I forget who said this, but one of the most generous things you can do uh, for another person is give them your attention. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, holding space for others and yourself, whether it be your inner child or just yourself in the moment or any of that. And I think breath works such a beautiful way to that. And on that note, I'm curious, do you ever do work with children? Um, so like not, I don't take them through like the deep Wim Hof method. Breathing. Yeah, clearly, yeah. We did like, but before I got into like the personal development field, I was teaching Brazilian jiu-jitsu and wrestling, uh, mainly like to kids. Like the wrestling was all just towards kids. Worked with uh, amazing uh, organizations, one being one called Beat the Streets. Another was actually with the uh, Los Angeles Police Department uh, through a program called Topinga Pals, which was basically a branch of the department that, uh, you know, was essentially them and Beat the Streets had the same mission. So like they combined and they worked for this really amazing community program. I think it was something like $50 for like the whole year you got all sorts of wrestling gear, shoes, all these amazing things. 
And so like would be teaching wrestling to sometimes a lot of like inner city uh, youth and sometimes, you know, kids without dads, things like that. And like A through wrestling uh, and coaching, I feel like was what gave me my footing in this personal development world because like, you know, I, I worked for Kyle Cease and his whole thing is that he was like, you know, a comedian before getting in the personal development world. And something about being a comedian is that you get immediate feedback from your audience of whether or not you're doing a good job. Well, when you're coaching kids, you get the exact same thing. You have <laughs> nice. feedback on whether or not you're doing a good job because like a child's attention will never lie. You know, like grownups will maybe like, you know, look at you, smile, nod, do all the things, but maybe they're not paying any attention whatsoever because they go like, it's just like the polite thing to do. Kids don't care. And like, that's what's a beautiful thing about them. Like where their attention is, is the truth. And so like, Mm -hmm. I would try to find all these little tools and tactics to make sure like I was getting the kids attention and like while I was kind of in that process of doing breath work and coaching like at the same time I would bring the kids through just like the proper breathing mechanics part of it uh like after practices I would have them lay down uh focus on their breathing like only breathing through the belly for a little bit the chest putting it all together and then with that I'd also incorporate visualization things especially if we had like a match or a tournament in the coming day, like imagine it going the way you want, imagine hitting the moves you want to hit, uh, doing all these things. But like with just like focused breathing, I think it helps kids get into like meditation a little bit easier because now you're not just doing nothing. And like, you know, I don't know if I'm doing it right. I feel it's my body. It gives them something within themselves to focus on. Um, but yeah, like I don't think I'd ever take anyone younger than say like 13 through anything like the Wim Hof method breathing. Yeah, for sure. Um, And like, I've taken like kids like pretty young through it. Uh, Like one was like from a friend who was taking a bunch of his uh, like students that they were about to become black belts in their martial art. And so he wanted to kind of take them through like a little bit of a gauntlet of things that were just outside of martial arts that were personal development kind of oriented So like most of them were like, you know, 15, 16 years old. So I took them through the breathing, put them in the ice bath and everything like that. But for like young kids, like I feel just focused on, uh, focusing on just like the basic breathing, just breathing out of your belly, breathing through your chest, your ribs, trying to fill up these different areas, just having them lay down, taking these deep breaths. And it's really amazing to see the energy that they like would leave practice with. Sometimes like they're, before if they didn't do breathing right still a little bit wild even though they just had like a tough practice because kids have tons of energy but after the practices where like i'd have them breathe and everything we would like do our break and everyone would just like silently walk back to their parents it was the room was very quiet and calm afterwards Uh, and so yeah it's such a powerful thing and even as like for wrestlers just to be able to know how to use all of your different breathing muscles like effectively in a match uh, like there's like the physical components to these things as well. But yeah, like when I was uh, coaching kids wrestling, I definitely incorporated uh, little elements of breath work into it, at least as far as the breathing mechanics goes. Wow. That's so neat. So uh, being a mom, I have an eight-year-old and a 12-year-old. What is, and, and for the listeners, you know, like uh, what is just a really straightforward, short, little um, exercise that you could share with us today? 
uh, for like for kids. Yeah. Anything of getting kids involved is about like, I feel like making it a game, making it Mm. fun. Like kind of incorporating like a little bit of a challenge into it. And I also feel starting small where like I, I'll try to get kids to like motivate, like to meditate for like a minute, try a minute, just try a minute and you don't have to do anything. Just close your eyes. Uh, and just like, you don't have to do anything, but just for one minute, one minute, do nothing. And like, you'll also see that after that minute, they do come out like a little bit calmer. doesn't take a lot to kind of just calm yourself down because of, as I mentioned with uh, my friend's seven-year-old daughter, just in, like I had her do it like three minutes. And like, you can see that they go through the natural process of taking the deep breaths. Like, so like our bodies already know kind of the things we need to do when we are in that kind of meditative, reflective state. Um, so just kind of like making it fun, making it a game. Uh, and it's like so hard to kind of like say how to do it because like with my nieces, nephew, or like when I'm uh, coaching kids, it is all like an in the moment thing. That's like, you know, that's right. making it a fun challenge. Uh, and so like, I would just kind of do that and starting small, like a minute. Yeah. And then if you want to kind of up the time, I would recommend like helping kind of do like a simple guided thing, especially, you know, with kids, like they're, they'll show like where they're holding stress. Cause it's just, they have such small bodies and so much energy. And so like, you'll see that like when they're like starting to get uncomfortable, like the shoulders come up or maybe they'll make faces yeah. <laughs> and like relax the face a little bit, bring the shoulders down. And what's so interesting is that like in that state, like kids, especially they really, really listen every little thing. When you say like relax, it's like, they'll, you'll see that part of them like relax. Like they know how to immediately go to those places, relax the shoulders, relax the face. Like they know how to do these things. Um, and so, yeah, just as I, I would say, like, make it a game, like a small kind of challenge, yeah, yeah. start small, like a minute or two, and then starting to like up it and helping out along the way. I like that. I'm going to use that because I like that thing about watching them and seeing where their bodies are, like gently drop your shoulders. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's like when you're doing maybe a, a yoga mm-hmm. session and then the yogi will say, and just curve your, your mouth up in the corners and do a little smile. And you, and you yeah. kind of laugh at yourself like, oh, yeah, of course. Um, you forget, like, you get take yourself so seriously sometimes, too. Yeah. Um, and what is the most intriguing, fun place you've ever been in the world to go teach this? Method? Man, I've done it, like, in a lot of places. I still think that Guam might be my favorite place okay. that I've uh, traveled and got to teach it. And it was also like who I was just connected with there and how it's such a small community that like, you know, I was teaching it and I was there with one friend, he tells someone about it. And like, you go to a place that like, they were like, it was like a stone slinging kind of like where they were just hanging out, slinging stones. It's a big thing in Guam. It's even like on their flag. They have a, it's a sling stone is like like the centerpiece of it. So it was like the news was there kind of, you know, watching the people do that. And then the lady asked me what it was like, you know, like what brought me to Guam, like as far as like the stone slinging thing, like, well, I'm just here with my friend here. I'm really here to teach this workshop where we work on breathing and then I'll put people through an ice bath. And then she's like, oh, like, that's really interesting. And so like the next day, the news of Guam came to like the workshop I did. I put the, uh, I put the reporter into the ice bath. Oh, so wow. she went through the whole process. 
And so it was a lot of fun. Like the people there are so amazing. And it is, it's very similar to like Hawaii as far as like that vibe. And because it's like, it's an American territory, but it's not exactly a state. It's like, it's safe. It's fun over there. Um, but it is kind of like, there's like a little bit of no rules. It's kind of like, you know, just live your life. Don't hurt anyone. And you can kind of just do what you want. Like me and my friend, we were like paddle boarding. Sometimes like at two, three in the morning, <laughs> like the water's super calm over there because it's protected by a reef. But it's just also like the history behind it. So amazing. Uh, like the guy that I was like mainly hanging with would just like drop casually in conversation of like, we'd be talking and he'd be like, well, according to the ancestors, this is how it goes. Or according to the ancient people. And that's how like a lot of the people talk over there. It's just like ingrained in their, in their language. It's like how they speak to one another. Uh, we'd be like paddle boarding and just, oh, you gotta check out this spot. And it would be like ancient ruins, but it wasn't, wasn't like, um, if you go to like a typical tour spot where there's all the touristy things and someone got, it's just, oh, here are ancient ruins just right here. And then we just, it was just us there. And then we paddle boarded like along our way. There's a lot of things from like World War II there, all these kind of things that you can find. So it's got this really interesting history. Um, yeah, like actually my grandpa was stationed on Tinian, which is part of those Marianas Islands, yeah, which is yeah. like long Tinian. Um, and so, yeah, it's just like, it was a very cool place to be as far as like, you know, knowing the connection that my grandpa was stationed during World War II, only like a small island away um, and just such a beautiful place. But Guam, I would say is my favorite place that I've gotten to travel to and teach the Wim Hof Method. That's interesting that of all the places in the world that you could have said Guam, and it's so trippy, like how synchronicity lines up, because I was listening to uh, a story that Wayne Dyer was sharing just yesterday about mm -hmm. when he was in uh, Guam, there was a situation that came up and the, the uh, people from Guam were excluded from uh, something that was going on. And he basically was like, this is not okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, so he wrote about it for a contest. Uh, I'm going to probably butcher this, but <laughs> I'll try my best. And he, he entered this thing about how this was not okay. And he wanted to address these inequalities. And he wrote this thing for the newspaper. And the problem with that was that when you're in the Marines, you actually can't express like political opinions or what have you. And so he found out that he was probably going to get court-martialed and so he wrote a letter to the president and then went to his meeting with his superiors and basically said you know this was not okay and i'm going to make a stand here and here's a copy of the letter i've sent to the president and here's a copy of the letters that i have not sent to the media back in my hometown and the new york times and the la times so he was basically relieved of his duties a little bit earlier, um, but the the thing that got put on his file was something like PI, like political influence. So he wasn't like disciplined or or what have you, yeah. but he stood up for something that he believed in. So it was really interesting that that you had those experiences in Guam yeah. and that your grandfather's connected there. Yeah, uh, this is beautiful, and I I think. I'm, I'm happy I, I followed the intuition to connect with you because I think a lot of the things that you've talked about today are going to help people that may not previously be exposed to it. And yeah. whatever connection they make today, I'm so happy for them. Um, I will link uh, all your, you know, your website and all your information to the show notes and everybody can 
um, take a look and learn more. And, um, uh, you know, I want to personally thank you for your willingness and ability to, to share from, you know, your heart and, and your life. And cause not everybody can do that, nor do they want to. And that, that spiritual piece you talked about, you know, within your family, um, and the role that you're playing for them or yourself or others is, I think is important. And so, uh, it was very clear to me that I wanted to to share um, you within my my community, and who knows where it'll land, and yeah. who's gonna be you know connected. But thank you again for that uh, breathwork workshop, and I'm gonna log in and and go check it out too, and see what I can do going forward because that's something I would like to you know incorporate into my practices of meditation and other things and increase well-being uh so thank you so much for being here joey and i look forward to connecting with you in the future absolutely thank you so much this was a lot of fun awesome have a wonderful day thanks you too okay take care once again thank you for listening to the connection project podcast if you wish to connect with myself or any of the guests please leave a voice message on the podcast website at anchor.fm forward slash The Connection Project. Perhaps you'll hear yourself on an upcoming episode. To get in touch with me or to learn more about my work, please visit my website at emilyolsonpresents.com. The Connection Project podcast is edited and produced by Nick Gilchrist Audio Productions.